Hey fellow brain pickers and welcome to episode 130 of Can I Pick Your Brain? Now in this episode, I'm on the other side of the mic. I was interviewed by Logan Tyler Nelson on the Scratch Your Own Itch podcast show and um, I just felt like it was such a good episode that I thought I'd share it here. Uh, Basically, I, I talk about scratching my own itch and uh, I get very, very raw and real about um, how selfish I am and also my <laughs> um, experience with mosquitoes and what I learned from them. Um, I also talk about the difference between being a player of life versus being a spectator. Enjoy the show and I look forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. Hey fellow brain pickers, how would you like to launch your very own podcast show like this one? Don't have the time or patience to deal with all the techie stuff? No worries. My company, Geffen Media Group, provides a complete done-for-you podcast service. We will come up with a great name for your show, design your website and podcast artwork, record the intro and outro, send you the equipment, find you great guests, edit and publish every episode, submit to iTunes and major podcast platforms, and promote your show to our network. So all you have to do is hit record and we do the rest. Your voice needs to be heard. So head over to geffenmediagroup.com. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Once you do the thing that you dread doing, you realize how the fear was based on nothing, right? Most fear is based on nothing. And once you actually take action, once you do whatever it is that you are afraid of doing, you look back and you just think, what was the big deal? Like it's always a big deal until you do it and then it's not a big deal anymore. Woohoo! Yeah! Hey, Logan, how you doing? <laughs> Good, man. Uh... Wow, yeah, I I discovered your podcast and you you're an incredible interviewer and the way you uh perceive life is a very I would say uh the way you give advice I would say is very counterintuitive if that makes oh, sense. Yeah, no, I I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Anything that's Absolutely. anything that's anything that's you know not normal I, that's usually where I end up trying to go because normal is boring. You know, it's, too, it's, just too, it's just too boring for me. So I, I've always got to do something different. You know? I love it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So, so the mission of the show is really to make people feel less alone and uh, to also scratch their own itch by solving a problem that they have. Um, in the only way they know how, and uh, you know, I'm. I would love to talk to, about your story, but I'm sure we could talk about your story for hours. Yeah. But I'd like to kind of just start off with, um, with what are you curious about in life? Uh, what, what's really interesting you lately? Well, right now, what's curious, which, 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 what's piquing my interest, is a mosquito. There's a mosquito sitting on the wall right now, and I'm looking at him, and I'm telling him, if you bloody take a bite out of my skin, I'm going to kill you, right? So, so and the interesting <laughs> thing is that the, there's, a re- there's a reason for what I'm saying. Scratch your own itch, yeah? And I live in Israel, the Middle East, <laughs> really hot. And let me tell you, when I hear the word scratch your own itch, all I can think of is these blinking bastard mosquitoes that like, and the worst thing of all is I don't even mind that they take my blood because, you know what, I've got lots of blood to give. But hey, fella, let me give you a bottle of blood and leave me the hell alone. Like, get off my cake. Like, stop leaving me with all these marks. I've got to sit there scratching away like crazy. You can't scratch it because if you scratch it, it bleeds. So you've got you to scratch around it, right? You can't exactly hit the... And I can't tell you how many times I've been sleeping at night and suddenly you hear that, that buzzing sound in your ears. That's like the worst thing in the world. Just let me sleep. I'll leave you a whole <laughs> bucket of blood. Just leave me alone. 
Anyway, I needed to get that off my chest. So that's my itch that I just need to scratch with these mosquitoes. <sighs> I'm glad I did that. Oh, Thank man. you. Yeah, yeah, it feels good to breathe, right? It feels good to breathe and let it out and uh, yeah, finally <laughs> scratch your own itch. Um, yeah. What else are you curious about in life? <laughs> well, I, on, that same, on that same line of thought, I just want to also describe the feeling of actually killing a mosquito. And I'm sorry for those of you listening who are, uh, you know, animal rights, whatever. I hear that fine. A mosquito is not really like it's it's how do I describe a mosquito? It's not an animal. It's like it's just a annoyance. Like that's it. There's humans, there's animals, there's plants, and then there's annoyances, right? A, a, a mosquito is annoying. So when I smack a mosquito and I see the blood just just suddenly splashed all over the wall, it just feels so good. You know what I mean? It's like one less mosquito in the world. It's just that feeling of of just squashing that mosquito. Now, I'm actually saying this because it's, I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm on the spot right now. I don't know what I'm going to say next, which, which is where I love to be, by the way, in life. I love being in this space where I don't know what's going to happen next. And that's what's exciting. See, everybody, I feel like we all need to plan out our life. Like, give me the freaking book. Tell me what needs to happen in the next 50 years of my life. Plan out my funeral, for crying out loud. That's not fun. That's boring. Who wants to live life like that? Imagine if I came to you and I said, hey, Logan, guess what? You know, when you were born, an angel dropped a book down from heaven, and it told me exactly what you need to do step by step every single day. You're going to wake up, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do that. And it, li- it let pretty much gives you your whole life completely outlined for you. Would you really honestly want to read that book? Would you really want to live your life according to a book? Come on. Like, who really wants that? And yet, everybody says that that's what they want. But they don't. They don't really want that. The most exciting things in life happen in the moment when it's least expected, when it's kind of like, oh my goodness, that just happened. When you fall in love, you don't plan to fall in love. And it's the most incredible feeling for those of you listening that have fallen in love before, right? And the same thing goes for anything that just happens just randomly. Random acts of kindness that someone does for you. Out of the blue, a complete stranger just you know, like risks their life for you or they put themselves out for you. It's just a random thing that was not planned for. And those are the moments that are like, that's life. You realize that in those moments, you're really living. Right? So, what the hell has this got to do with mosquitoes? <laughs> um, so, let me take it back to mosquitoes for a second. Because scratching your own itch, I feel like when you, when you find the mosquito, because what's, what's really cool is that mosquitoes are very smart, right? They look dumb, these, these things, but they're actually really, really smart. And trust me, I know because I've had experience with them. Because when you try to find them, right, so I'm lying in bed and the lights are off and suddenly there's that, right, and it's like, oh, God, where is that? And you switch on the lights and you're in the middle of a good sleep and you're like, oh, God, now the lights are on, they're so bright you can barely see and you're squinting, but you've got to find the sucker because if you don't find him or her, right, for those, right, if you don't find them, then you're not, you're not going to sleep at night because what happens is, is that you look for it Right, and then of course you give up and you go back to you switch off the lights and you go back to sleep and of course five minutes later and you're like, ah! you get up again. And I've had this, like trust me, I've literally I actually remember one time where I literally couldn't find the damn thing and so I, I, I gave up. I, I waved the white flag. I said, You know what? You can have my room. You you won, you won, and I basically slept in the living room. So the point is is that they're very smart and they hide from you and you've got to find them. But when you do and you smack that mosquito and it's just like, oh, sensational, finally I did it and you can go to sleep now. I feel like that's kind of, in life, is like those goals that you set for yourself, right? Those, those things that you want to achieve in life, until you actually hit them, until you actually get it, you're going to always have that discomfort. You're always going to be running around trying to search for it. You're always going to hear that bzzz in, the, in your ear. It's going to bother you. And you're going to have that itch. 
That's what this show is all about. That itch that you just want to scratch, but you can't. And then, but when you scratch an itch, oh, right? That's how it feels like when we scratch an itch, we go, oh, it feels so good, right? That's the whole thing about my book, The Self-Help Addict. It's all about finally realizing that you can take action and that once you take action, the feelings will follow and it feels so good. It feels so good when you scratch your itch. Am I making any sense? <laughs> yeah. So, so like it kind of just went off there. Oddly enough, you are. You, you're, make, you, you're actually seriously uh, making more sense than I think mm, we were ready for. I don't <laughs> even think you were ready for I don't yeah. even think you were ready for it. You just kind of went. And, but it, all, it shows it, the way that you operate in the world is not by a how-to book anymore. Right. You are now creating it in the moment, and uh, Johnny Depp, uh, he once answered on, on uh, Inside the Actor's Studio. He was asked uh, what his favorite word was, and he said, uh, surprise. And uh, that's because he said, life is boring without surprises, but inside of our head, we think that we love surprises. It's only There's only a few that, that actually love surprises that are ready to be in the moment, that are ready to lose the line, that, don't, that, that are ready to go, I don't know what the line is, I'm just going to make it up. Right. And we live now in an abundance of how-to books, in an abundance of how-to YouTube videos, in an abundance of how-to online courses, when the only way to really learn is by, by taking action, like you said, mm-hmm. and just going forward and trying and failing. And that's what I... I really got to talk to you about is, is uh, what do you think changed and made this shift? Because I know for a fact you were that self-help addict. You were the person that was always reading more and taking more courses. When did you just stop doing that? And actually, was it from your podcast? Do you think your podcast was a huge contributor of you to do this? or No, um... It's interesting. Uh, the podcast helped. Like doing the podcast helped because here's the thing: is doing every doing anything helps. Once once you do the thing that you dread doing, you realize how the fear was based on nothing, right? Most fear is based on nothing, and once you actually take action, once you do whatever it is that you are afraid of doing, you look back and you just think, "What was the big deal?" Like it's always a big deal until you do it and then it's not a big deal anymore, right? You ask most successful people and, and it could be, an ath- it could be a, you know, a successful athlete, business person, actor, actress, uh, you know, wh- whatever, whatever industry you want to take and you take a successful person and you ask them if it's, if it's a big deal for them to do what they do. They don't think it's a big deal. It's like big deal. I get on the football field, I play, and I and I, you know, I, I. It's not a big deal for me, right? It's not a big deal. I get on a podcast and I just do my thing. Like, but everybody else thinks it's a big deal because they haven't done it. So, but once you've done the thing, it doesn't become a big deal anymore. And the more you do things, the more things you realize are not a big deal. And the more you realize that most things aren't a big deal, the more you're able to go and do more. So there's this cycle that you kind of get into, which you can call it momentum, right? Or you can call it compound uh, interest, right? You, 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 you become better. You become better at what you do, right? My first business took me four years to become profitable. I went through so many, you know, I can't even begin to describe how many fires I had to put out and how many lessons I had to learn the hard way. But now my, my most recent business, I've made more money in the first three months than I made in the first four years of my first business. But that comes with experience. It comes with learning. It comes with just jumping in, just doing it. Most people want to prepare they want to plan. They want, like, you know, they need more information, more information, more information. There, there's abundance of information. 
And information isn't what you need, it's action. Action is what you need. I had a, a billionaire on my show and um, I asked him, I said to him, you know, there's only 2,000 billionaires in the entire world. Like, that's incredible that you're one of 2,000 people in the entire world. Like, you're a billionaire. How did you do it? Like, what makes you different to everybody else? And he said to me, he said, Daniel, I have a sign in my office that says the following. It says, ideas are welcome here, but execution is worshipped because it's all in the execution. Everybody's got, everyone had the idea for Uber. Everyone had the idea for Facebook and everyone had the idea for, for Netflix, right? Everybody had the idea after, you watch uh, Shark Tank or Dragon's Den, Logan? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a great show. I, lo I love watching Shark Tank, Dragon's Den. And how many times when someone comes on the show, yeah, and they pitch an idea and you're like, Oh man, I thought of that idea. Like, oh, I had that idea, right? I hear it all the time. And the thing is, is it doesn't matter if you had the idea. What matters is if you actually took action and did something about it. That's it. How many people have told me when they saw my book, they said, the self-help addict, wow, it's such a genius thing. Like, I've always thought about that. Yeah, self-help addict, it's, there's nothing new about what I'm writing in my book. There's nothing necessarily unique other than my, my personal story that I go very deep into. But the difference between me and so many other people who had the idea to write such a book is I actually got down and did it. I got dirty and I did the work and now I have a book to hold in my hand that I could be proud of. And that's the difference. It's the difference between being a consumer and a creator. I don't want to be a spectator of life. I want to be a player. I'm here to play. I want to be involved. I go to places like I'll go to a conference or I'll go to like a, a, a let's say I go to, a, um, I don't know, an event, right? I want the front row seat. <laughs> I'm always the guy to run to the front and get the front row seats. I notice these people who they kind of like, I don't know, it's like the front four, four rows are empty, but they, for some reason, they like the, the middle seat or the back seat in the class or the back seat in the room. Like, you know, people at a networking event, they might like stand on the side there, kind of like holding a cocktail, waiting for someone to come to them. Like, dude, you need to get in there. Like, if you don't get in there, if you don't get up, take that front seat, if you don't get in, if you don't become the party, then you're just going to watch everybody else do it. And at the end of your life, you're going to look back and you're going to say, you know what? I watched it, but I didn't play it. I didn't play the game of life. And I wish I did. Hey, friends. So let me ask you real quick. Are you someone who's trying to get more visibility? Who's trying to be in front of the crowd? Well, if that's you. I want to let you know that, first of all, you're not alone. Second of all, if you want to get on more podcasts or ones that actually scratch your own itch, meaning maybe you have a book or a business or maybe you do speaking or if you don't yet do speaking, maybe you can and maybe you'd love to. Well, I put something together for you and in this little giveaway, I'm going to show you how to pitch yourself or podcast and how to actually be professional when you show up so you can be the next authority in your niche so you can start scratching your own itch. I know what it's like to build something, create something, and then there just be crickets. No one wants that. You need to be seen. You need to be heard because you have a message to share. A message that is worthy of hearing. Podcasts nowadays, more than ever, are being consumed by people. And guess who's actually learning the knowledge that's being shared? It's podcast listeners. It gives you a license to be an authority in whatever area you really dream of being an authority in. So if this at all starts to give you a little itch to scratch, 
just email Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com. Again, that's Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com. that that immense amount of regret wow yeah that hurts um (laughs) the thing i want to really the thing i want to touch on though is is there is bad ideas yes right yes so how do you distinguish which ideas to execute and which ideas to not execute you don't the simple answer is you don't here's the thing let me give you two guys okay bob and and I don't know, and Tom, Bob and Tom. Those are just the two names that came to my mind. So Bob, what he does is every idea he has, he he goes out and he gets a hundred different opinions and he writes out a whole plan and he, you know, really like spends a lot of time researching the industry and like really getting, you know, all the the, you know, the ducks in a row, as they say. I'm just getting my ducks in a row. I hate that, my ducks in a row. What does that even mean? Right? So he gets his ducks in a row. And it, that, takes, that process maybe takes him, let's say, six months. Right? And, but that's for every, so every idea he has, it takes at least six months until he's ready to go and actually execute. Now, the truth is, is that the ideas that are worthless that don't work he won't waste time with them right he'll go you know six months and and he'll have the idea and he'll know whether it's good or not now let's go to tom tom on the other hand he doesn't he doesn't have time or patience for that like he hates like all this planning and preparing and business plans and and market research and he just he's just call him dumb yeah, call him a dumb guy. He's just dumb. He doesn't want to get into the nitty. And he just goes and takes action on all the ideas. And some of them are like, like most of them are just ridiculous. And people even laugh at him. They go, Tom, you're such an idiot. Jeez. And every time I see you, Tom, you've got another thing that you're doing. Like, what, what, like, come on, man, just stick to one thing. But here's the thing. Fast forward three years. After three years, okay, Bob has like, you know, had some success, but he's like, you know, he's just about making it. Whereas, whereas Tom, Tom has been burnt so many times, but then this one thing, this one idea that he had, he executes it. And here's the thing, he executes it so fast that he's the first to market. Because whilst he is taking action, everybody else is doing their due diligence. Right, because there's there's so many so many more uh, bobs in the world than there are toms. So because Tom is first to market, and because he's there before everybody else, because everybody else is still getting their ducks in a row, he takes off. And the difference between a bob and a tom is that a tom is more likely to come up with the Ubers of today, or the you know, or, or the Netflixes of today, or the, 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 big, the big ideas, the ones that really make it. And the Bobs, yeah, might get a successful business and may do well. But that analogy is just, again, I'm, I go to the extreme, and a lot of people will listen to this, and they'll probably shake their heads going, oh, this guy's full of crap. Like you need to do your you, you need to do your due diligence. You have to do your market research. Who the hell is this guy? What, what is he talking about? And all I can say is, you do you. I'll I'll do me. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Very simple. I love it. No, uh, you, you know what? I really, 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 really want you to check out the book uh, "I Am Kate" by Tom Aziger. Uh, have you heard of I it? I am what? I am. I, I am Keats. I am Keats. Yep, dude. Okay. I'm gonna uh, get it on audiobook, or I'll send it to okay. you, or something like that. Because honestly, dude, it is not exactly like what you're talking about, but very similar, and so to the point where like it's a paradigm shift. It's it's one of those sort of books you read and then you're released from the matrix yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I like those. Books. Um, so yeah, uh, so I, and it's a short read very fast. So check that out. But anyways, 
Um, <laughs> that's it, it, very good point. And it just, it comes down to, yeah, exactly. Like, how do you want to operate in the world? Do you want to keep planning and planning and planning? And, and I just, I guess, okay. Like, it, it's a little unfair right now. Like, the person who's listening to this and goes, okay, should I just shut this off then and stop listening and consuming information? Or should I, uh, you know, or should I continue to listen and, uh, try to become better because let's face it like some people probably now feel guilty when they listen to some of your stuff and they go hey daniel like i'm i'm trying to support you by listening to you and consume but you're telling me to go create so uh, I'm and glad like yeah that might help my life. yeah uh, yeah let's bring this like, i'm glad, let's talk I'm glad about you're this. bringing that up because you know i knew this question would come up when I was writing the book. And that's why, if you look at the first page of my book, I put a disclaimer, right? There's a disclaimer at the beginning of my book in the introduction, and I'll even read it to you. Here we go, where is it? Where is the disclaimer? Um, basically says that I'm not bashing the self-help industry. I'm not saying to not go and and learn. I like I have so much here we go. Disclaimer. I'm not saying that the consumption of self-help material is bad. I've gained tremendously from the self-help industry. The problem isn't the consumption of information, the problem is the lack of action. We've been giving it okay, so I'm not going to read you the whole the whole thing, but basically my philosophy is that and I talk about this in the book as well is you should take action on the inspiration you have. So you should consume. A hundred percent. You should be consuming. You should be learning. That's the only way. Like to grow, you need to learn from others. Right? If you only take action and you don't consume anything, you're a fool. You're a fool. Because there could be a book that you read that can take you, you know, three years to figure out on your own, and somebody's given it to you and written it for you. Right? There could be a YouTube video that could teach you how to do something that would take you years to figure out or to learn on your own. So you're a fool if you don't take advantage of the information that's out there. However, you're also a fool if you only consume and all you do is just watch YouTube videos all day long and read books and listen to podcasts and go to Tony Robbins events. Because then you're just basically, uh, you know, it's like being in your car and your hand breaks up and You've got your foot on the on on the brake and you're pressing the gas and you're going, but it's not going anywhere. Yeah, dude, you gotta gotta get into to gear, right? You can't just hit the gas. So you should be reading and and let me give you a practice. Let's get really practical for a second. So how do you do this practically? I'll tell you how. I was watching a movie, okay, and it was about a father and son, and it was one of these really emotional movies. You know, the father and the son have this you know, have this fight and they basically, they don't speak to each other and, and they, and they go their separate ways and the son grows up and, you know, it's, it's really sad, but right at the end, they, they get together, right? The son basically approaches the father, whatever. And there's this one scene at the end where they embrace and I started to cry. I have tears down my face and I feel all, you know, just, just, I feel like I, I, I want to, call up my dad and tell him I love him. That, right there, that moment, you have so much inspiration and your blood is flowing that if you were to now make the decision to pick up the phone, you would do it. You would do it. But the problem is, most of us, we don't. We think it in our head. We feel it in our heart, but we don't take the action. And then what happens is, guess what? The movie ends, the music stops, and then you just go on Facebook and you just check your feed or you, you know, go for a jog or whatever, and you just, it just dies down. You cool off. And what I'm trying to say in my book is don't let yourself cool off. Get inspired. Take that energy. Take that emotion. And then use it. Channel it into action. Take action on it. Because when you don't and you cool down, it becomes much harder to take that action. 
You know when you've watched a movie, let's say you've watched Rocky or one of these, you know, that you get so pumped up, right? And, or it might be you watch a Gary V YouTube video and you're like, yeah, yeah. And, and he's like, said this amazing idea and you're like, yeah. But then what happens is you just don't do anything about it. That's the issue. And so when you don't do anything, you just go and, and you go back for more inspiration. You keep going back for more inspiration and more information because you're not taking action when you need to take the action. That's the issue. When you read a book, I don't want people to read my book and then come back and say, wow, that was really inspiring. And then they just go and buy another book. Don't buy my book if that's what you're going to do, because I'm writing my book for the person who's going to read my book and they're going to stop. They're going to get to page, you know, whatever, 32. Okay. And they're going to stop at that page and they're going to, they're going to close the book. They're going to put a bookmark in the book. They're going to close the book and they're going to go and take action because they feel in that moment that they can do it. That's what, pause that video, pause that YouTube video, go do something with that feeling. Close that book, go do something. You're listening to this podcast right now and you feel high and you feel like you, you've got to go and take some sort of action. Pause the damn thing and go do it. Then you can come back to the, to, to the thing. That's what I want. I would love, I would love, like the, my biggest dream is for people to say to me, Daniel, I, I, I didn't even finish reading your book. You know why I didn't finish reading your book? Because I just closed your book in the middle and I said, damn it, that's it. And I went and I started writing my own book. I, st I went and I started my own podcast show. I went and I started my own business. I went and I did that thing that I've always dreamed of doing. That's my biggest, biggest dream. That's my goal. My goal is for, is for someone to reach out to me and say to me, Daniel, I actually stopped in the middle of you talking, in the middle of one of your podcast episodes, and I went and I did something. That's the goal. I love it, man. I love it. Seriously, through and through. That's, uh, that's what most books try to do and I think uh, fail to do because at the end of any self-help book, you'll realize it's all about self-love and self-appreciation and sometimes you can't appreciate yourself until you start yeah taking action on those huge 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 ideas that you have and going you know hey i'm trying them. at least i'm trying well it's interesting that you say so, self-appreciation uh, though because that's something i think it's that's something else uh, i and and it's interesting that you bring that up because one of the things that i was worried about when i wrote the book was i don't want people to think that if they just take action, then they're going to be fine. In fact, I actually almost scrapped my entire book about six weeks before I published it. I literally, I woke up one day and I said, oh my goodness, like I need to scrap the book because I feel like I'm, I'm giving people the wrong impression. Because the thing is, is that here's the thing. Look how many successful people have committed suicide. Like, how many celebrities have you heard of who have overdosed? Like, why? Like, why would you do that? You, you got to the top of the mountain. You have all the money that you ever need. You've got all the fame. You can have anyone you want, right? Like, why would you, why would you take your life now? That doesn't make any sense. The thing is, though, if you look deeper into it, it makes total sense, and I'll explain why. Everybody starts on this, this, the bottom of the proverbial mountain, and what do we all do? We all look up. We look up at the mountain, at the top, and we see these people up there, and we go, wow, they're so lucky. Look at them. Wow, it's amazing. It must be so cool to be there, right? And whatever there is for you. So what do we have? We have hope. We have something called hope, and hope is what keeps us going. And we climb up the mountain slowly, slowly, and we fall down, we climb up, we fall down. But, but at least we have that hope. However, the other guy who made it to the top, he worked so hard, he finally got there. And guess what? He gets there, and he still feels empty. And at that point, he realizes, oh my goodness, there's nothing here. There's no more hope. And he jumps off the mountain and dies. And when I realized that, I said to myself, I'm writing a book that's helping people climb that mountain. 
but they're going to jump off. I can't write a book like that. And I remember I called up my business mentor um, and I called up my rabbi. I'm Orthodox Jewish. And, um, and I told them, I said, I, I, I can't write this book. And they said to me, no, Daniel, you're wrong. You've just written the first half of the book. You just now need to finish it. Everything you've said is true. You're helping them climb the mountain. That's the first step. The first step is getting up the mountain and climbing the mountain, getting into action. But then the next stage, which you haven't written yet, which that's what you need to do, is you need to talk about the fact that it's not all about climbing the mountain. Or actually, I, I rephrase that. It's not all about getting to the top of the mountain. And so what I did was I wrote a chapter called Being and Becoming. It's the balance between climbing that mountain, which is becoming, right? Becoming a better father, becoming a better mother, becoming a better spouse, becoming a better businessman, becoming a better member of society, becoming a better brother, becoming a better child, like whatever it is. Becoming, 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 climbing that mountain. But it's also about just being. It's, it's also about just being where you are, with what you have, with who you're with right now. And taking that in and appreciating it fully. It's climbing the mountain and then stopping and turning around and looking down the mountain and saying, oh my goodness me, look how far I've come. Look how far I've come. And then it's looking around and seeing where you are and saying, wow, look at the view. Right here, right now, look at how beautiful the view is. And then you turn around and you look back up the mountain and then you say, okay, let's go further. Let's climb a little bit more. But if you just climb and you don't take those breaks and you don't appreciate how far you've come and where you are right now, you will jump off the mountain. Because what I said in my book was the journey ends up becoming sweeter than the destination. The journey itself, you realize in life that the journey itself becomes sweeter than the destination. If we're always looking to get to the end point, we will never get to the end point because it doesn't exist. And the more we just try to get to the end point and we just, if I only get this, I'll be happy. If I only get that, I'll be happy. It will never happen and you'll always be miserable. But when you realize that actually life itself, the climb is, that is life. That is it. That's all there is then you realize that <laughs> I can enjoy this. I don't need a struggle. I don't need to go crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's uh, reframing it. It's uh, reframing it from saying uh, I, this is not a struggle, but it's it's a opportunity. It's experience that I want to have. I want to go experience what it's like to go and become that personal trainer that I've always thought about becoming. I, I've, I've, I want to experience and become the writer. And, and actually, you know, uh, there's a great quote uh, that I believe uh, Mark Twain said. He said, uh, you know, I, I think people say they want to be actors. Or they want to be writers. Or they want to be speakers. But uh, I just wanted to write. And so it, it comes down to like just, you know, uh, being able to live that and own up to it. And if you, 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 you try it out and you don't like it, then change. You know, like you were saying earlier, you know in your heart, you know, to, to take action on that. But anyways, yeah. uh, I could talk to you for 14 more <laughs> hours. You've given so much awesome, uh, there's any entertainment uh, as far as like just heart-throbbing, Feels feeling the feels. I mean, it's been uh, a great roller coaster ride of a conversation with you. you. And um, but I want to get into scr scratching the surface curiosity questions, which is just um, 
you know, you're not on a time limit, but definitely don't think too okay. hard about these questions. <laughs> no pressure. And, uh, just lo- no, lots of pressure, Danny. <laughs> lots of pressure. Life's depending <laughs> on it. <laughs> so uh, the first question I want to ask you, because you're, you're, I really admire your interviewing skills, and, and I know you've been interviewing people, and uh, I just want to ask you, what person you wish you could interview and who would that be and, and what question would you want okay, to ask? Okay, so I don't even have to think about that one. That's easy for me. The person I would want to interview is my grandfather. Um, my grandfather passed away a couple of years ago. Um, and unfortunately, uh, I didn't get to spend a lot of time with him when he was alive because the way we humans work is we think that everyone lives forever and that everything's just going to be forever. Um, and unfortunately, the sad fact is that nothing lasts forever. And you only realize how much um, you missed out when something's not there or someone isn't there anymore. Um, my grandfather was, uh, or is, I should say, is the biggest inspiration to me. Um, purely for the fact that you know he was in a holocaust um and his his whole family was murdered in front of him his his parents his siblings he was about 13 at the time 13 14 and uh they they shot everybody in fact he actually got shot as well but he got shot and the bullet missed him it hit him in the shoulder and he he fell to the ground and pretended to be dead so he was essentially buried alive with all the bodies and he waited till the coast was clear, and then he he dug himself out. Um, there were so many stories of of his survival. Um, you know, he was hung twice. Uh, both times, the sirens went off, and he managed to escape. Um, and the most inspiring thing about him was that he never gave up, ever. He never gave up, and when he was liberated from the whole, from Auschwitz. Um, he had nothing. And when I say nothing, I, I mean really nothing. Like people nowadays, they think that they're suffering because the Wi-Fi is slow or they've got low battery on their cell phone. Okay. I'm talking about somebody who looked like a, a twig. Yeah. He was completely malnourished, had no food, um, didn't have a penny, not a dime, uh, to his name, didn't have anybody who he could turn to, he had no family, nothing. He was literally uh, completely left to his own devices. And he didn't give up on himself. And he kept going and he pushed and he built a business and he ended up um, building a family. And he gave a lot of charity away. He gave about 80 to 90% of his money that he made. He, 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 was, a wealth, he was a wealthy man. Uh, later on in his life, and he gave away all of his money. He kept very little for himself. And that's why he's the biggest inspiration to me. And I'd love to interview him, but I can't. It's too late. Wow. Wow. Um, Thank you for sharing that, man. That's that's a, a really, really fine fine answer i love it um and uh gosh yeah. uh okay well i want to get on to the next question that was that was um that was good um what's uh it's a it's sort of a giving givings question it's sort of what's that one thought that you're uh having inside your head or, or something that you're embarrassed or ashamed about that uh you can make someone feel a little less alone about sharing Ooh. What am I ashamed about? Okay, here we go. I care too much. I actually care too much. I, 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 I put on a very good act of not caring. Right? People look at me and they think, wow, this guy's so confident. He's so, you know, but I really care. I, I really, really genuinely care. When I post something on, on social media, like every single like and comment I get, I like, I really cherish that. And I really care about what people think. And as much as, as much as I say that I don't care what people think, and I don't want to care what people think, and I tell people not to care what people think, 
at the end of the day, by nature, I really care. And I know that it's in a way a strength in, and in another way, it's a very big weakness. It's a double-edged sword, right? It, it kind of, it's part of who I am, but I want people listening to realize that it's okay if you, if you feel that way. It's okay to like, you know, to care that much about what people think. As long as you just keep doing what you need to do because you feel it's the right thing to do, I would say, don't worry about that voice in your head. Don't worry about that feeling that you get where it's like, but what will people think? Just do it anyway. You'll, you'll have those feelings. Don't be ashamed of them. Just do it. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, it's, it's sometimes uh, hard having a big heart. And, uh, but uh, then again, Daniel, I'm going to call you out, man, and say that's like asking someone on in an interview, oh, what's your biggest weakness? <laughs> and they go, I care too much. <laughs> but I, I, I... No, dude, so, so, so I think, no, so, so I'm glad. No, you know what? I'm really glad you pushed me on that because what you just said when you said you have a big heart, that's not what I meant. I didn't mean, when I said I care too much, it didn't, doesn't mean I care about you. It means I care about me. I'm extremely selfish. I have so much, my biggest, my, I, I'm telling you, one of my biggest weaknesses is I'm extremely selfish. I'm extremely self-centered. By nature, I care about me. When I say I care too much, I don't mean I care about you. It means I care about me. When I post on social and I get a like or a comment, I don't care about who likes me or who comments on it. It's just a number. It's just another, wow, I got 50 likes. It's for me. It's not for you. I care too much about me. That's the issue. And when I care about what you think of me, it's got nothing to do with you. It's got to do with me. It's I care what you think about me because you're defining me by the very fact that what you think of me, but it has nothing to do with me if you could follow me. Mm, yeah, no, no. Uh, thank you so much for clearing it up. Wow. Uh, yeah, there's the weakness. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally, dude, you and me both. Like, that's the thing I... I, I kind of, when I talk to you and when I listen to your podcast, I'm like, this guy is too much like me. I hate it. Uh, he was way too much like, like we're the exact same people. Um, maybe you will listen to my podcast no, and, and agree Logan, or disagree. You know, but you know, we're not the exact same people. I'm, no two people are alike. You know that. You know, we think in similar ways. There we go. Uh, that's uh, that we're, exactly you're very right um everyone is unique but but by the way you see you see what i just did just there Logan. you, you see what i just you, did you were selfish I, in the way that, that you was, wanted to be right that was me exact not just not just be right but how dare you logan say that you're like me there is no one like me i'm unique i remember i went i don't want to get too off tangent mm. but i remember i went to a therapist once and i told her some of my issues she's like yeah everybody has that i'm like no I'm the only one that has this issue. I'm special. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I want to be special. So when someone's like, oh, we're exactly the same, it's like, what? It's like when someone says, oh, you look exactly like your brother. No, I don't. No, I don't. I have my own identity, right? Anyway, I don't want to get off topic, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, it's a solid message to, to bring up. But yeah, we get to, we'll, we'll bring you okay. back and we'll talk about that whole... Don't identity paradigm that people have to go through and you uh, obviously uh, have uh, some very um re ish some issues of of uh that's no, okay not, dude I guess no, issues no, it's okay word, you know i put myself out there you can say i have issues call me call me an abnormal weirdo it's fine that's fine <laughs> <laughs> um Anyways, uh, we can laugh at this stuff because we know it's just uh, <laughs> Daniel's having fun, right? Too much fun. Um, the next question I'd, I'd love to ask you is if uh, you, Daniel, uh, could just pick one quote to live by for an entire month, what quote would that be? 
One quote. My, I need to live by this quote, okay? What, what other people think of you has nothing to do with you. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah. That's my, that's the quote that I need, that I, I need love to, that, that I, need I to love that. About. Okay. So, uh, just two more questions, then we'll wrap it up. Uh, last question is anybody that's listening to this right now, like, or myself and, you know, they listen to podcasts and I don't want people to just keep listening to podcasts yep. and then go to the next podcast and then the next podcast and, and then they don't really take action and make friends or, or make, you know, someone their hero today by just Instagramming, Facebooking or tweeting anything that I or Daniel said. How can how can they support Daniel in his uh, in his goals and his aspirations? Uh, best way to support me is to support yourself and to and to take action and to to come back to me and really tell me, you know, something that you did, you know, whether it's, like I said, whether it's you launched your own podcast show or you wrote your own book or you started your own band or whatever, right? Those are the kind of messages I love to get because that's why I write my, that's why I wrote my book and that's why I talk about what I talk about. I love it. That's a, that's dude. I love it. Yeah. Um, last question is, uh, do you uh, wish I asked you a question or, or what else do you want to leave off on? And I feel like we covered a lot. So if, if there's any question, though. Yeah. No, the answer the, the answer is no, because I firmly believe that what you asked needed to be asked in this moment. That's what needed to be said. And the people listening to this needed to hear. Maybe, maybe there was just one person in the audience that just needed to hear something today that's going to transform their life in a positive way. And that's all that matters. That really is all that matters. So no. So true. Thank you. Thank you so much, Daniel. I, I'd love to have you back on a, pleasure. on a later date. I had a lot of fun and, um, keep, keep, keep it up with your podcast. And, uh, yeah, thanks again, man. For sure. I'm going to plug, I'm going to plug, I'm going to plug myself before you go. Cause you know, um, cause I'm that selfish guy. Remember? Yeah, of course. So if, if, <laughs> if those, if, if the listeners want to grab a copy of my book, it's called The Self-Help Addict. They can get it on Amazon.com or dot whatever, uh, Amazon, and it's The Self-Help Addict. And, uh, and if they want to subscribe to my show, my podcast show is called uh, Can I Pick Your Brain? You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to DanielGeffen.com.